0: Right where you are, just lift those hands and worship, man, and just speak well of God. If there's nobody like him, just tell him how wonderful he is. You may be you may have a need right now, but just open up your mouth and just worship and acknowledge God and tell him how wonderful he is, how mighty he is, how strong he is. Oh, and let him know there's no one like him. You can search high and low, but you'll never find, you will never find nobody, nobody, nobody. Save you, nobody that can deliver you, no one that can love you, no one that can hold you, no one that can strengthen you like Jesus. Nobody, nobody. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, good morning once again and welcome um, to the Hope World Experience, Hope at Home, a Hope World everywhere. We're so honored that you have tuned in, tuned in this morning because you didn't have to. But we're so glad that God led your fingers to this place right now. Go ahead and share if you haven't done so already. Listen, giving is not just at the end of service. Giving is a part of worship. So feel free at any time to be able to give. Our four ways to be able to give at any time. Feel free to use our electronic platforms to be able to give unto God. Share this. Tag others in it. Let someone know that the whole world experience is live and the word is getting ready to go forth. Turn your Bibles with me. Grab your Bibles, your pen, your tablets, whatever it is, whatever device you're not watching on, and go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. As we end this series entitled, Hopes Not Canceled, part four of our series entitled, Hopes Not Canceled man, I hope and pray that you have enjoyed this series and it's been a blessing to your life um, that it's strengthened your faith, your trust, and your confidence in believing God with great expectation for Him to be able to do what no one else has ha- has the power to be able to do. I would love to hear from you just sharing how much this series has impacted, how much the series has impacted your life. Email me, Swims at hopewellandme.org. Hit me up on social media. I would love to hear from you. If you got my number, text me. Hey, man, text me or call me, email me and let me know how much this series has blessed you. First Samuel chapter 30, just one verse we're going to look at this morning. Uh, First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, a familiar passage of scripture, uh, which says, this is from the New Living Translation of the Bible, it says, David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stone in him. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. I want to use this morning for a topic as we again get ready to end our series entitled Hope's Not Canceled. I want to use for a title this morning, Hope From Within hope from within. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. God, we glorify you. We acknowledge you that, once again, there's no one like you, nobody, no one like you at all. So I pray right now, God, that we're ready to receive what you have to say to us, but that we're also ready to respond by action and obeying your word and applying your word to our lives. We thank you once again. We praise you. We magnify you and we lift you up. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Hope from within. I want you to get your mature ears ready to hear what I'm about to say. Hope isn't the absence of disappointment. It's the capacity to expect despite disappointment. Okay. Let me say it again. I wish I could tell you that hope is exempt from despair. Mm-hmm. That a hope is exempt from disappointment. That a hope is exempt from moments of depression. But it's not. It's the capacity to fight with everything that's within you to still confidently expect God despite your previous or even sometimes your current disappointments. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Hope isn't the absence of disappointment. It's the capacity, to, Pastor. Why are you saying this again? I'm trying to teach like Jesus. Jesus often repeated things over and over again, not because he did not have anything else to say. It was because he really wanted you to get to what he was saying. And I'm being like Jesus because I really want you to be able to receive this and to mature to a place to be able to receive it and grasp it. Hope isn't the absence of disappointment, it's the capacity to expect despite. Disappointments. I wish I could tell you, woman of God, man of God, that since you got your hope back, you've been fighting for your hope, that now you have been officially exempt from going through anything in life. You have been officially exempt from experiencing disappointment. I would be a false prophet and I will be lying to you if I did that. But however, I want to encourage you, man and woman of God, that you still need to, you still need to hope, despite, despite the current disappointments, the current dilemma, the current circumstances, the current situation that is not going in your favor, you still need to help have hope and not just any hope. You still need to have confident expectation that God is yet still able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ever ask, think, or wish. And let's be real, let's be honest, it takes, it takes, it takes, it takes some maturity, it takes some character development, it takes some spiritual maturity to be able to get to a place that I can be able to look sickness in the face and say, I'm still gonna expect God. That you can be able to look at your finances and realize where you are and say, I don't like where I am, but I still expect God is going to give me the wisdom to be able to navigate and to work with what I already have. It takes somebody of boldness and great strength in God to be able to look at their family marriage and say, I still expect God to give the glory out of this. It takes someone who is putting everything that they have into their business and it's not going the way that they desire. I afford to go to say, despite how things may look, despite that I'm not trending, I still expect God right. to move on my behalf. All right. Oh, we're in good company this morning because this story where David finds, him play, finds himself in the peculiar situation where he has to find his strength in God he he has to he has to refocus his hope back in God he has to encourage himself Mm -hmm. in the Lord I tell you all the time that you just can't take one verse and read it in isolation. You need to read the verses before. You need to read the verses after. You need to read the chapters before so that you can be able to get the full scope of the context. That is being biblically intelligent as you are reading the word of God to get the full scope, the full story, the full scene about what's going on. And so this story does not just start in 1 Samuel chapter 30. You got to go back to chapter 26 where David is running. For his life, you all know that he had a love-hate relationship on Saul's end with each other. Saul, for some reason, had, had an issue with David. He was always trying to take his life. It might be because once they came back for battle, the ladies came out with their tambourines. The ladies came out in their finals. They were dancing and they were singing. David killed his 10,000 and Saul killed his 1,000. And Saul became upset. The Bible says at that moment, I'm paraphrasing, he had an issue in his Heart towards David because they were not supposed to be singing David's praises, he wasn't the king. They were supposed to be singing Saul's. They were supposed to say Saul killed his 10,000 and David killed his thousand and not the other way around. And because he was not the spotlight of the attention, some issues arose between him and David. On, on, on many a moments, he was trying to take David's life. And every now and then, he would try to take David's life. David would be, God would deliver David from the situation. And then Saul would ask David to play his musical instrument. And the Bible says that when David would play, he was annoyed to be able to play, and that when he played, the evil spirit will leave Saul. But a few minutes later, Saul would get his bow and arrow and just try to take David out Again, so David is rightfully so running for his life. He's running for his life. He's trying to get out of there because he wants to preserve his life as much as possible. David gets to the place where he and another guy they find with, they find out what Saul and his soldiers are, and they go in the tent. They're real. sick. The Bible says the Bible says that the Lord put put Saul and his men into a deep sleep. So David goes into the camp. He's checking out the scene. He's seen everything that's going on he goes into the tent of Saul and one of his guys and the guy that was with David he said hey man let me go ahead. I could take him out real good right now. I'm so good at this. I won't have to come back a second time. I could be able to do it right now. David said, "No, no, 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 no. We're not going to touch God's anointed. His his life. God has God has His hand on His life. We're not going to get in God's business. We're just going to do what we've been doing. That's a whole sermon. That's another sermon for another day." But David realized that he knew where God's hand was, even though he was crazy, even though he was out of his mind, trying to take his life. David did not get in God's affairs and trying to go before God and taking out Saul. David was mature enough to be able to realize. He said two things. Either Saul's going to die of old age or God's going to take care of him. But I don't have to do anything. I'm not going to get involved in God's business. I told you that's another sermon for another day right there. He still had reverence and respect. He even goes on now after the fact. He has a conversation with Saul and he asks him, what have I done to you? Mm -hmm. What have I done? That has caused you to want to take my life, not just once, not just twice, but on multiple occasions. What have I done for you to want to take my life? Saul comes to the realization, you ain't did nothing, brother. I've just been tripping. I don't know. But I promise you right now that I'm not going to do anything to you again. David still, he's running, he's running and he comes to the realization again David says, you know what, I'm not going to stop where I am right now because this joker, uh, because of past experiences, he still may try to get me so let me just go ahead and I'm going to go over to Gap, I'm going to go and take my 600 men with me, we're going to go over to Gap, we're going to partner with the king to be able to fight, in fact the king of Gap said, hey David I know your resume, I know what type of warrior that you are, I want you to be my personal armor bearer, I want you to be my personal security guard. I want you to be my personal bodyguard. So David and his 600 men, they stay there with the king of Gath for some time now. And so they're there and they're getting ready to go up against Israel. And now the king of Gath, David and his 600 men, they want to make a collaboration. They want to make partnership with Philistine, with the Philistines in order to fight Israel. Philistines saw David approaching, one of the commanders said, wait a minute, hold up now, hold up, hold up, hold up, King, now is this David? The one where the ladies came out singing with their tambourines, talking about Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his 10,000. Is that the same, David? We heard, we saw the video on Snapchat. We don't want to deal with this brother because he could very well turn against us. And we end up becoming his enemy. We end up becoming his adversary. So we want nothing to do with David. King, you can come and be a part of what we're doing, but we want nothing to do with David. So the king of Gab tells David, listen, man. You've been nothing but good to me. Nothing but good to me. I I, I don't know why the Philistines are tripping, but just go ahead, pack your bags, get your guys, and go ahead and go home. Go ahead and make the journey home. So David and his 600 men take the three-day journey to go back home to Ziglag. Now, I don't know. I don't know. The Bible does not say what the conversation was, was. The Bible does not say what conversation they were having as they were on this three-day journey back home. But I can believe what my childhood pastor, the late pastor, Presley Wright Jr. would say, with my sanctified imagination, I can imagine they were talking about the feast that was going to be prepared. They just knew that their wives missed them so much. It was going to be like Thanksgiving early. They want to have some turkey. They was going to have some greens. They were not just going to have cornbread, but some hot water cornbread made in their black iron skillet, that somebody was going to make a peach cobbler and have some sweet potato pie and some red Kool-Aid, I mean, they're excited, they're excited, the husbands are excited about the worship they're going to receive, but their wives later on in the evening, their children welcoming them as they get back home, they're excited about going home, but to their amazement, as they're getting closer to home, they're greeted with the aroma of smoke in the atmosphere. The smoke that they smell is not smoke from a turkey being fried. The smoke that they smell is not not the smoke of of a ham being made. The smoke that they smell is not baked goods. The smoke that they smell is now that the Amalekites have come in to Ziklag, burned everything down, have taken all of their wives and all of their children, Taking everything that they had and have left nothing at all. The Malachites realized hey, we have a prime opportunity. Mm-hmm. David and all of his men are in Gath. Their wives and their children are here in Ziklag, unprotected. No bodyguards, no weapons. This is prime opportunity for us to go in and to take everything that they have. The Bible says that as the men are approaching, as they get there and they get on the grounds of Ziklag, they get on the grounds of home, all they smell is the rubbish from their homes being burned down. All oh, they smell this fire, the residue, from everything that the Amalekites have burned. The Bible says that they wept so that they couldn't weep anymore. In other words, they wept so much that there was no longer any tears in their tear ducts because they've exhausted themselves in crying. Now, in the midst of their grief, In the midst of that disappointment, in the midst of that despair, they rally together and they say, wait a minute, hold up. This never would have happened if we had not gone with David. If we had not gone with David, we would have been here and we could have fought the Amalekites off as they came into our homes and tried to take our wives and our children. They may have busted a window, but we would have hijacked them real quick before they took our wives and our children. If it had not been for David, if we had not been with him, him, our wives and our children and our homes would still be here. So they made up in their minds, we know, we know, we know. We see the common denominator in this situation. The common denominator is David. So they made up in their minds, let's stone this joker and take care of him real quick. David finds himself, the Bible says, David finds himself now, he's in great danger because all of his men, these men that he has fought with in battle, these men that he has trusted, these men that he has done life with, now they are very bitter about losing their families and they began to talk about stoning him. And what does David do? David found strength in the Lord his God. Pastor, what are you saying? There will come a moment right. but this disappointment is going to knock at your door there's going to be a moment where disappointment is not going to knock at your door. They're going to come right on in. In fact, they have a key to get in. They know the security code to be able to get in. And they're going to invade your life without your permission and cause havoc and cause chaos. And there will be moments in your life that this is going to happen. And what makes matters even worse, that the people that you would call on are no longer available. The people that you did life with are no longer answering their phones. They're no longer replying back to your text messages. That you will find yourself overwhelmed with disappointment, overwhelmed with despair, all by yourself. What do you do? You find yourself in a hopeless moment. Nobody to call. Nobody to reach out to. Very ones that you would are now talking about how they want to take your life. We have to see David. We have to see David from two different lenses. We have to see David as the man, as the man. David not, did not just lose one wife, but he lost both of his wives and all of his children as well. He's grieving, he's hurting, just like everybody else. But also, you have to see this through the lenses of David as the leader. His men left their homes to follow after their leader. Mm -hmm. They trusted their leader. They were loyal to their leader, but now they're in a situation where everything is being questioned. Because if we had not went with David, our homes and our children and our wives would still be What do you do when you're all alone and there's nobody there? What do you do when you're in a season of hopelessness, back-to-back events, hopeless, hopeless, despair, disappointment, depression, the answer is in the text, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. Pastor, what do I do when I'm in moments like that? Then here's what you have to do, saints of God, here's what we have to do, because here's the thing. The question is not when it's going to happen. No, the question is not if it's going to happen. The question is, when is it going to happen? Yeah. And what will be my response mm-hmm. when despair sends me a text message and say, "I'm here, I'm upstairs. You're going to have to find your hope from within. You're going to have to find your hope from within, Pastor. What do you mean? I got to find my hope within myself? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Because I told you a few weeks ago about the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, "Cursed is the man that puts his hope in that puts his hope in himself and in other men, but that we have to we have to dig our roots deep in God. That no matter how hot." may get, no matter how crazy things may get, that God will continue to flourish us, that we'll be able to prosper in any given moment in any given season. No, what I'm saying is, when I say that we have to find our hope, that we we, we have to find our hope from within, we have to find our hope from within our relationship with God. David has a walk with God. David has a relationship with God. Now, mind you, David ain't perfect, y'all, and neither of us. Amen. Praise the Lord. David's not perfect, and neither of us, but David finds out that even in the midst of all of this imperfections, I love it so much because even in those moments, David knew to run to God. David yeah. knows right now that even in this trial, even in this disappointment, even in this hopelessness, David realized I have to be able to go within. I got to be able to dig deep down into those roots that I have with God to be able to encourage myself in God, not in myself, not in the king, not in the king. Not in Saul, David realized, can't nobody help me but God. God. Mm -hmm. Come on, Pastor. So what do you mean, Pastor? You got to look within. Here it is, two things. We're about to get out of here. Here it is. Here's the first thing. You have to look. For the sovereign hand of God. Help me, Holy Ghost. You gotta look. You gotta look for the sovereign hand of God, y'all. You have to look for the sovereign hand of God because here's what we do. Sometimes, sometimes we're always looking at, oh, we're always looking at how things did not go the way that we thought they were going to go. We're always looking at, oh my gosh, I just wish this. I just wish that if God had moved in this way, if God had done it this way, oh my gosh, I'm just so disappointed. But even in that disappointment, Even in our despair, even in our hopelessness, saints of God, we have to look for. We have to intentionally look for the sovereign hand of God because here it is. God is always moving. We may not see Him, we may not feel Him, but God is always moving. We have to look for the sovereign hand of God because you all missed your shot when you read the text. I know you missed your shot when you read the text because here it is. The Bible says that the Amalekites came in, they raided everything, burned down the homes took the wives and took the children. But here's a praise break. They burned down the homes, but they didn't kill the wives and they didn't kill the children. Sometimes every now and then, even in the midst of hopelessness, you have to pull, you have to pull the grief back from your eyes and be able to look at the thing and say, God, I thank you that what could have happened did not happen. God, I praise you that how things worked out, it could have gone another way. I could have shown up on the scene and my wife and my children could have been laid out bloody and everything. But God, I thank you that you still had your sovereign hand in the midst of the enemy moving, that you spared their lives. Here's where you have to be careful Bible readers because in first Samuel chapter 26, once David gets the gap, here it is thanks to God, David goes with his team and they raid other towns, destroying everything and killing everything and everybody. Oh, y'all miss y'all shout again. David had a history of going around as a bandit and raiding other villages, other towns, other cities, destroying everything they had, killing the sheep, their ox, their goats, their wives, their children, grandma, big dad, everybody. But God, being gracious and merciful you, Lord. towards David, here's your shout did not allow him to receive what he had given out in previous chapters. Y'all missed it right there. God could have easily turned this thing around and said, "All right, David you a big boy now, so you want to go out and raid homes, you want to go out and destroy properties, you want to go out and kill other people's families, so let me go ahead and turn this thing around and cause that what you did to happen to you as well. God being sovereign and God being gracious and realizing all I need to do is get David in this position of hope of his house being burned down and his wives and his children taken away and this thing is not going to pull David away from me but this thing is going to draw David to me. Sometimes God uses hopelessness and disappointment and despair to his advantage not so that we can run away from God but so that we can be able to run to God. Somebody can agree with me this morning that if it had not been for hopelessness you wouldn't be able to pray the way that you pray. If it had not been for the cost and the consistent despair. You wouldn't worship the way that you worship. I know you're at home right now. I know you wish to be back in the sanctuary do the service so that we can maybe get back. I know that things have been crazy, but you realize, you realize, you realize you would not be, you would not have grown the way that you have grown if it had not been for those divine moments that God met you in your despair. Yes, sir. Thank you, God. Again, you missed your shout. Because grace and mercy intervened that David did not receive what he had given out in prior seasons of his life. Oh, God, help me today. Y'all missed it once again. Y'all missed it once again. Y'all missed it once again. Isn't it awesome to know that we serve a God that when my back is against the wall, and I'm in trouble, God does not look back to previous chapters of my life to decide what he's going to do in this season of my life based off what I did in previous seasons of my life. Let me say it again. Isn't it awesome that we serve a God that does not that, that, that does not deem our current future based off of what we have done previously. Thank God that in the midst of that, God is still gracious, God is still merciful, that God is still sovereign that he knows what he needs to do to be able to get us in the right position so that we can be able to turn to him and not to other things. Somebody ought to praise God right there at the fact that I thank God because I know what I've done in previous chapters. I know what I said, I know what I texted, I know what I emailed, but thank God that in this season I'm in right now that I'm not receiving all the jacked up, hell, the strife, the stuff that I did before, that in this current season God has been gracious God has been merciful and God has been sovereign Hallelujah. he said he had to he had to find his hope mm-hmm. from within he had to look at the sovereign hand of God because once again Mother Calvert told us in Sunday school Sunday schools every eight, it's every Sunday morning 830 on the prayer line she said that God is always moving despite, despite. what do we think yes. despite how we feel despite what we see right. well, and despite what we hear. Right. We got to look for the sovereign hand of God. Here it is. I'm wrapping up, heading to the gate. Number two, you have to reverence, reference God's previous deliverances. All right. was this wasn't the first time that David has had his back against the wall. You all know about the little the little boy David that, that hears about this great giant named Goliath that everybody is afraid of, everybody is intimidated of. And David says, why all y'all being scared? Why all y'all running whenever he come out? He say, boo, y'all get the screaming and running and stuff. David said, this has to be, That has to come an end to this thing. He goes, he goes and tells Saul, I'll go ahead and take care of him. I'll go ahead and kill him. And Saul says, okay, if you're gonna go, go ahead and put my arm on. David tried on, he said, "Now I can't work with this I can't do this I can't get jiggy with this I can't go out in war and what you wear I gotta go out with what, what, what I'm familiar with he said give me a sling shot and five smooth stones and I will come back as a victor and bring you your enemy's head." so David goes out there and he starts talking starts talking to Goliath Goliath came out there he saw David he said "Ha!" Are you serious? <laughs> y'all y'all bringing a little boy to a big boy fight? You're a little boy to a warrior's fight? You have to understand Goliath had been trained from his youth to be able to fight. I mean, he was a mighty warrior, but David had to go over his resume with Goliath and let him know, listen, 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 listen. Right, listen. listen here, Linda, you gotta, you gotta understand that I'm not intimidated that you have grown up and you've been training all of your life. In fact, I've been training all of my life as Well, I've been tending to my father's sheep and me being a shepherd, I had to protect my father's sheep from bears and lions and wolves that would try to come in and infiltrate and take over the sheep. He said the same God that intervened and helped me when I was fighting the bear is the same God that helped me take you off. The same God that intervened and helped me when I was fighting the lion is the same God that can intervene and help me right now. Every now and then, you gotta talk to yourself and tell yourself, self, the same God that brought me out before is the same God that can do it again. The same God that healed me before is the same God that can heal me now. The same God that rescued me. The same God that intervened. The same God that kept me. The same God that held me. The same God that delivered me. Is the same God that can do it now? I don't put my hope in man. I don't put my hope. In the king, I don't put my hope in the president. My hope is in God, my hope is in the rock. Oh Christ, the solid rock I stand with all of the ground is seeking sin. David had to go and talk to himself because here it is, thanks to God. We're good uh-huh. at encouraging everybody else, <laughs> but we're horrible for talking to ourselves. Oh, I'm paraphrasing, but a great poet said that we do a disservice when we can talk to everybody else and never talk to ourselves. Oh, there is power in self-talk. I'm not talking about that weird stuff that people talk about, but there's power in self-talk. When you tell yourself, every now and then, I got to tell myself, Chip, come on, let's get it together. Let's do what we got to do. You know what you got to do, man. Oh God, come on, get it together. You, you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. You can do this, brother. The God that was with you before is the same God that's with you right now. In fact, just like God told Moses that he went before him, God goes before you too, Chip. Just like God told Joshua, I'm going before you, God goes before you too chip you have to remind yourself Come on. Come on. and tell yourself uh-huh. what God is able to do. Yes. You you gotta find a hope from within. from within and sometimes we don't know what's there until our back is against the wall. Sometimes we don't know Mm -hmm. the help that's there until we're helpless, until we're hopeless, until we're disappointed Mm -hmm. and in despair. Well, pastor, how do I, how do I make this message make sense? How do I pull all this together? Mm -hmm. Here it is, real simple you got to create a reservoir. Pastor, right. oh, now wait a minute, when did you become a science major? I'm not, I majored in speech. you got to create a reservoir. Somebody made mention of this on social media and it blessed me that I had to go and look it up. A reservoir is a storehouse. Of water yeah. that's preserved so that the water can still be drinkable yeah. and be used uh-huh. to cook. Okay, okay Pastor, okay. there ain't nothing special about that. Here it is. Go ahead, tell us. A reservoir yes, is reserved uh-huh. as backup as a backup supply okay. yes, for dry seasons. Uh-huh. A reservoir Uh is a storehouse that protects the water from being contaminated so that in this season it may be well, but in the next season, as a farmer, farmers are always looking for storehouses of water so that when dry seasons come, they still have a crop that has to be produced, and the way that the crop is to be produced is by the refreshing of good, clean water. storehouse of water Mm -hmm. that's set aside for dry seasons. You and I must have a reservoir. Uh A storehouse of water. Pure water. Mm -hmm. Clean water. Drinking water, cooking water so that when dry seasons come, we have something on reserve to refresh us in those dry seasons. Oh, Pastor, okay. I'm not a farmer, so make it make sense. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Went King James real quick, that I may not sin sin against thee. Okay, pastor, what are you saying? In my spiritual reservoir, I need to have the word of God down on the inside so that when the fear comes, I can respond back and say, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind so that when I'm lonely and I feel rejected and I feel dejected and I feel abandoned, I can say, he will never leave me nor forsake me. I got to have something on reserve that when I feel lost, when I feel misguided, I can be able to say, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So, Pastor, what are you saying? Real simple. Scripture memorization. Old school, old school, old school, old school. You Necessarily, you don't need to remember the text. That will be good. But get that word down on the inside because something is going to trigger. How will I know what to say? It's going to trigger it. And you will know exactly what to say. It's almost like being armed that you have your bullets in your gun ready for war. So that you'll know how to respond yes, and say what needs to be said. I like what Pastor Darius Daniel says. I'm paraphrasing. He says this, he says this, that the more I consume God's word, the more I know what he sounds like. All right the more, because here it is, when I'm hopeless, I need to know daddy's voice. Right. When I'm in despair, I need to know. I don't need to be certain. I don't need to be, oh, I don't know, is it? Is it? I, I think, no. I, oh, that's God. Hey, go ahead. That's him. Yeah. And I know that it's him. How do I know? Because I use his word as a filter so you can't come talking crazy to me with some false prophecy in a dry season because the word is a filter for me. All right. And if your word don't go through that filter of his word, ups, bye. Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Come on. You gotta have a spiritual reservoir. Gotcha. Well, the apostle Paul said, you gotta know how to pray at all times with all prayers. Huh? Because there may come a season, a dry season in your life where you won't be able to pray in English. All right. <laughs> but in moans and groans that the Holy Spirit will help you pray. God, have you ever been so low that you didn't know what to say? You didn't know how to come to God? But as you begin, as you begin to talk, Holy Spirit made intercession on your behalf and pray for you. I got to have in my reservoir, in my spiritual reservoir, I I gotta have the word, gotta have the word deep down in me, I gotta have a consistent prayer life. Oh, but I gotta have some worship in there. (laughs) Israel said, how do we sing a song in a strange land? (laughs) (laughs) Has hopelessness ever led you to a strange land? And you sitting there how in the world did I get here? You ever been in the land of depression? Yes, sir. So low that you can't even get out of bed. So low that you don't even want to eat. So low that you don't want to deal with nobody. You ain't mad at nobody, but you just don't have the strength. To, able, to even be able to articulate how you feel. And you don't feel like, you don't feel like trying to explain and people come with you with all this jargon that, okay, I get it, yeah, but just not right now. I got to have some worship on reserve. That I may not be able to sing, but I can say what a friend I have in Jesus when I ain't got nobody all my sins he bears but I don't have to take this deed I don't have to carry these deedless burdens all I have to do is take it to him in prayer but I remind myself I know I'm going down him avenue but I remind myself of his great faithfulness when I've been faithless and lacked loyalty towards God That when I'm lost and confused, I can call on the great God, Jehovah, and say, lead me, guide me along the way. Uh, But for if you lead me, God, I'm not going to stray. Lord, let me walk (laughs) each day. with you lead me, oh Lord? worship on reserve that you could say so many doors you open so many ways you made you've been better to me <laughs> than I've been to myself it's not a thing of if it's a thing of when dry seasons come I gotta have that res- that reservoir so that I can be like David and say that he's my shelter, he's my he's my he's my bridge over troubled water. That I can run into him and be safe. The righteous run in and they're safe. Pastor, why all of this? Because I, 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 I gotta preserve my hope. I I gotta preserve my hope. I, I gotta preserve my confident expectation, in God has to be protected like my debit card. I got to protect it. I I can't let nothing. No. No. I got to keep it. Because I need it. God, we're living in hopeless times. But as believers, we have hope. Let me help us out real quick. Our hope that we have as believers is not just predicated on the stimulus check. Our hope as believers is that some glad morning, when this life is over, we're going to fly away. I don't have to deal with the trouble of this world no more now. I'm talking about heaven. I ain't ready to go just yet. I'm just saying as believers, we have our eyes set on on eternity so that we don't get bogged down by everything right now. So that's why you got to have that reservoir. Got to have that water on reserve. Got to have that word. Got to have that prayer. Got to have that worship because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. If you're watching right now, I I, I, want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man and woman of God right now that's watching. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I speak hope into their hearing right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak hope into their hearts. I pray that hope right now will be resurrected. I pray that hope will pierce their hearts right now. I pray for everyone that's frustrated with this current season because it, it doesn't look like what they thought, what they put on their vision board. I pray now in the name of Jesus that this may, this may not be a season of harvest, but this may be a season of development. God, help them to be able to discern what time. It it is God that they may act accordingly Father God that in whatever season it is they still have hope help them balance their frustration that they don't lose their hope help them balance their frustration that they won't be anxious God God. Mm -mm -mm. thank you Father Thank you for your deliverance that's taking place right now. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, thank you now. In Jesus' name. Amen.